Welcome to the Teaching Tax Flow Podcast, where the goal is to empower and educate you to legally and ethically minimize taxes paid over your lifetime. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Teaching Tax Flow, the podcast, episode 51 today. We're going to jump headfirst into maximizing medical deductions. So what that means kind of is what it sounds like. However, there are some specific ways you need to go about this. So before we jump into those, let's take a moment, as always, and thank our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by The Mortgage Shop. Are you looking to qualify for an investment credit loan without jumping through hoops? That's easy. They have loans with LTV up to 89.99%. Exploring their products and discovering how they can work for you is simple. Just visit mortgage.shop or call 865-325-2566 and tell them TTF sent you. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Teaching Taxable, the podcast. John here from the TTF team. As always, my co-host Chris Picuro is joining us as well. Welcome back, Chris. So amazing to be back, Johnny T. I really missed you. Hey, you know what? You know, we always joke around about if you ever got hit by the proverbial beer truck. So we never actually said that you were deceased after getting hit by said beer truck. However, I'm going to make the assumption that you would have some very, very, very hefty medical bills in place. So let's talk about these medical deductions. Chris, let's uh, let's actually hand the baton over to you a little bit. Maybe get us kicked off and explain in kind of an overview, why in the world does the IRS care, or I should say, why why should some individuals care that the IRS allows for these types of deductions? Well, medical, deduct- medical expenses in general are personal expenses, and most personal expenses are not deductible from your taxable income. That being said, medical expenses are deductible. Now, we're going to talk about who could actually benefit from that deduction because it's not an automatic deduction. Um, But yeah, if you have medical expenses, especially if they're significant, you might be able to take a tax deduction for these expenses. And... um, if not, so if you if you are incurring medical expenses that you're not getting a deduction for, spoiler alert, we're going to give you some strategies at the end of this podcast to help you out. And we're not talking about the Aleve or whatever that my wife has to go buy because she doesn't like my taste in music. We're talking about significant <laughs> medical expenses, maybe prescription medication, D- so was it dur- durable medical equipment, so DMEs, I think is what they call it, so crutches, wheelchairs, etc. That's more what we're talking about here, correct? Correct. So the Internal Revenue Service does allow taxpayers to deduct uh, qualifying medical expenses from their personal tax return. Said medical expenses are detailed. I'm sure you've read Publication 502. Absolutely. Every single line of it, that's what I do. Some people have, you know, their bathroom reading like yourself is you know, CPA publications, I absolutely have this. Actually, that would be a good idea to have wall IRS publications as your wallpaper in the back. <laughs> kind of like when you go to those some of the some of the pubs, right? And they have like random magazine covers and you know pages. We're gonna if you ever go out of town, I'm gonna come uh, do some redecorating at your house. Maybe I don't know if your wife would appreciate that, but you know it is what it is. Well, that's all right. I'm sure she, she would find your taste better than mine. So, Oh, okay. You said it, not me. 
Well, the so the IRS allows for qualifying medical expenses to be deducted on your federal tax return with some limitations. First thing you're thinking of, well, what the heck's a qualified medical expense? We'll give you the 30,000-foot view of these medical expenses. Pretty much necessary and prescribed services. So you mentioned uh, the, the, uh, the, the pain reliever. Well, if it's prescribed by a doctor, then yeah, it's a, it's a qualified medical expense. So medical, medical expenses generally have to be prescribed by a licensed healthcare professional. You know, they include, but are not limited to like surgeries, uh, dental treatments, doctor visits, et cetera, et cetera. So that's and I'm one. Sure this, I'm sure it gets into like long-term care, right? So my my in-laws and and my wife, obviously, they're, they're very, and that's their career path, is in the assisted um, and independent, so basically senior living. So they see a lot of that. And I imagine that's one, obviously, that's a very significant cost. That's not like you're getting a um, a, a pain reliever for a, a knee injury. Is would that be one of them as well too? We think really the long term care. Yeah. So the qualified long term care services is a whole separate category in the qualifying qualified medical expenses category. I mean, we in teaching tax law we break down these qualified medical expenses into five categories: necessary and prescribed services is one, but qualified long term care services is another. So if you are in a long term care or memory facility, those are going to be deductible expenses. That being said, some of them that are more personal in nature are not. So obviously, Johnny, I haven't made a bald joke in a while, but I would not need a haircut when if I end up at such one of these places. So if someone is there and they have a haircut or their nails done, a lot of times those charges go through the facility. That portion is not considered deductible. Um, so but in general, rule of thumb is going to be your long-term care services are tax deductible. The third buck would be your health insurance premiums. So that includes your health insurance, Medicare. Um, those are deductible. We're going to talk about strategies for that as well. Because for most people, those health insurance premiums are either going to be part already pre-taxed as part of their employment, or if they're self-employed, I hope you're taking a deduction against your self-employment income. But health insurance premiums are definitely qualified business expenses. Uh, transportation costs are is another qualified business expense. So a lot of times you have people that are more mature aged, or let's say they were hit by a beer truck and they survive. Let's say they live by themselves. They cannot drive themselves. So they might have to hire a transportation company to, to assist them, or they, you know they might have a copay because they're an insurance company. And I might be jumping ahead a little bit too, but let's take a scenario, right? Where well, I love the said beer truck example. So say you have a significant injury or a significant illness. Um, let's let's just let's just give a number, right? Let's say somebody makes a hundred thousand dollars a year. Nice even number. Um, and they have an injury. Let's let's assume that they can still function at work. So they they continue that income of a hundred K a year. And let's just say all you know, their health insurance for whatever reason goes up. They have we wouldn't necessarily need long-term in-home care if you're still working, but maybe now they're working remote. So let's just say that $100,000 of income now is basically offset, say, by seventy-five dollars or $100,000 or $200,000 in a sum of all these expenses. How, do, how does that really play in? And I apologize if I'm jumping ahead at all or not, but I think it's a good example maybe to jump into to show how there might be thresholds and, and limitations involved here. 
Yeah, so we th that's all right. We can jump ahead. So let's say your medical expenses. Um, let's say yeah, your your. Let's make it really easy and say your adjusted gross income is a hundred thousand dollars. All right, it's AGI, and you have what would happen is assuming you itemize your deductions. The first $7,500 or 7.5% of your medical expenses are not deductible. The amount that exceeds the 7.5% would be deductible as an itemized deduction. So let's keep it real simple. Let's say you had miraculously $57,500 in medical expenses. <laughs> that first $7,500 is not deductible you would take a tax deduction of $50,000. Excellent. Is so that your truck was going kind of slow then. He was not he wasn't a, was not running a red light at 70 miles an hour if you only had 50,000 <laughs> in medical expenses, but so to make sure that I heard that right. So you got so we'll say 100,000 in income, was to say 57 and some change in medical expenses in said calendar year after the beer truck incident or years down the road. That first seven and a half percent of that medical, the sum of those medical expenses is not deductible. Everything beyond that seven and a half percent, again, of that sum is deductible, but only if you itemize your deductions. Is that correct? correct. And it's when you pay it. So I will trickle out one tax strategy it would be bunching deductions. So if you're definitely not going to, if it's December 15th and you've got, a $10,000 medical bill and you don't think you're going to itemize your deductions that year, but you definitely think you're going to itemize your deductions next year and have a lot of more medical expenses, you might want to just put up with that uh, that nasty letter from the doctor's office for a few more weeks and pay it in the next year. Totally unrelated, but I feel like I just got an email, um, a random spam email telling me, I don't know, it was one of those like credit consultant companies of America, of Amer whenever it is. And it was like in big bold letters, I think in their email subject line saying medical expenses no longer are reportable on a credit report. I'm like, where, in, why in the world would you put that in an email? If that's the case, I mean, there might be people bundling these things up for five, 10 years and all of a sudden say, all right, you know, now it's time to pay them. Um, but you bring up a good point, like is, and, and this could be a whole other topic and I don't want to go down a rabbit hole, but are deductibles part of the sum of all those expenses? Like say you have a, a $6,000 deductible and say you have a child, right? So. Yes, correct. As long as that deductible meets one of our five qualifying medical expense categories, which you've successfully hijacked. So necessary yeah. and prescribed. <laughs> all the premiums obviously wouldn't apply. Transportation costs. That's the third one. Long-term qual. Uh, long-term care services typically is not going to be there won't be a, uh, a um, copay or medical equipment and supplies so if you need a wheelchair hearing aids you know that's that's going to be deductible obviously prescription medication there's typically going to be a, a, a deductible or a, a copay doctor's visits anything required or prescribed by a medical professional is going to be deductible the elective surgeries such as, um, I don't know, what, what, whatever, you, you know what I'm talking about, just any type of elective surgery. I need a nose job. Uh, my hair plugs or whatever. Hair plugs. I, those, 
I know you could let your imagination go wild with with this uh, in the subject. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, those are not deductible. But you know what? You can't put a price on feeling good. Oh, that's a great line right there. That's maybe we'll make a T-shirt of that and wear that to the next event we go to. Right. Well, John, I've got I've got what T-shirt I want to develop. I'm, I hope my wife doesn't listen to this, which is probably the case. We always say you can't put a price on love when people are asking if they should get married. I've had clients ask me if they should get divorced. And I said, you can't put a price on love unless one of the people is real estate professional status. Then you can can get the cost side going. (laughs) And if you're looking for that definition, shameless plug, go back to the episode that we did on rep status. So real estate professionals, you'll know what we're talking about. It's almost like the dad jokes, right? Not everybody gets it unless you know kind of where it's coming from. I think this is a great one, but- and so, yeah, so we, we've talked about those qualifying medical expenses. We've talked about the limitations and thresholds at 7.5% uh, of AGI. And, and in all seriousness, you want to keep detailed records. You know, I, I would recommend a lot of these things you can get emailed to you. A lot a lot of times you'll log in if, if you're in a certain health. You know, we have Vanderbilt Health down here in Nashville. Oh, Vandy Health, uh, you, if, if you're interested in being a sponsor, we'll let you do it this time. Um you know, we were, we were filled up a couple of years ago or a year ago, but you know, a lot of, but you want to keep those or at least have an e- have them text or email to you. And, um, but yeah, those, you know, if you were examined for medical expenses, uh, you want to make sure you have those receipts and in those bills, medical expenses are, man, it's, it's, it's kind of that insult and insult to injury. You know what I mean? Because no one really wants to pay medical expenses. And then a lot of times they're not, you can't take the full deduction for them. Unless you do some tax planning, which is a good segue into what we're going to talk about next. Absolutely. And and before we do that, because just something else too, I know we mentioned it a few times. Can you give us really the, the quick explainer on what is defined as itemizing deductions for those that aren't familiar with that? Well, John, you should have listened to one of our previous episodes, itemized deductions versus standard deduction. Best response, mic drop. Exactly. But if you're new to the podcast, I can't remember what episode that is. But if you're new to the... I know you're going to look it up now. I'll look it, it up literally right now. Here we go. So in so what happens... for then? Thank you for wheeling me back in here. Based on your filing status, if you're single, had a household, married separate, married joint, um, you get a standard deduction of X amount of dollars. So let's just say if you're married, filing joint, Easy numbers because it's indexed for inflation. The first $25,000 of your of your taxable income, you don't pay federal tax on. That's your standard deduction. If your itemized deductions exceed your standard deduction, then you should take your itemized deductions. And itemized deductions are going to be your med- qualified medical expenses, mortgage interest, property taxes, charitable contributions, tithes, et cetera, et cetera. Excellent. And to answer your question, it was actually episode number 13. So right. that was one of our first ones from earlier this year. So the Wayback Machine. The Wayback. Now, if you're listening to this, first of all, you probably deserve some type of <laughs> some type of prize. Uh, and your prize is a free free invitation to the Defeating Taxes private Facebook group. But if there we go. <laughs> and just imagine fireworks going off right now, since we're not watching it's fireworks and can Betty and the screens flashing all different colors and oh. you know bottles are popping there you go that's your present 
And for the record, neither of us have had any type of alcoholic beverages today because it might sound like it right now. But anyway, in all seriousness, with these medical expenses, it's frustrating when a, when a taxpayer incurs these medical expenses. And by the way, I wanted to mention it could be for themselves, it could be for their spouse, or it could be any of their dependents. You clump, you add all those expenses up together um, when you're testing the adjusted gross income limitation. It's frustrating when you can't deduct some of those expenses like co-pays, et cetera. Uh, so, so to offset that, um, Congress created the concept of a health savings account. And for many of the people that can't deduct those expenses, they use an HSA or health savings account, which allows them to put money into a special account. Typically, it's going to be at a bank or a financial institution, and you get a tax deduction for that contribution, similar to an IRA or if it's with your employer, a 401k contribution. And as long as, and then within that health savings account, typically you can you can buy other assets with it, but it's typically in a savings account or money market. And then you can use those funds to pay for qualified medical expenses tax, and it's not taxable when you take that distribution. So the idea is if you have a, um, if you have a, a pretty high deductible that you're not able to take a deduction for on your tax return, you want to use the health savings account or HSA. There are several rules regarding HSAs. Again, reach out to us. We're happy to, to give you some information about eligibility, limitations, et cetera, et cetera. But that's, one, that's the easiest hack to take these non-deductible expenses and make them deductible. And typically, the people that have non-deductible medical expenses are at a high marginal tax rate because they have high AGI and they, they're they're not over the seven and a half percent threshold. Absolutely. So we mentioned you know HSAs, and I know that that probably comes up. I'd say wild guess maybe once every four or five episodes we do because obviously they're part of multiple strategies. So this is a you know case in point where you know this came up again, and it's a great tool. We'll call it a tool in the tax belt, if we will. So looking at how these deductions work as far as for medical goes. I mean, is there anything else that we might want to add to this before we wrap specifically? Um, maybe another example uh, of yeah. some form when it comes to bundling. Let's give them a couple more hacks. We talked about uh, grouping your deduction, your medical expenses into certain years. Remember, it's not when you receive the bill for the doctor, it's when you pay it. Talked about using health savings account to health savings account to make your medical expenses pre-tax or tax deductible, however you want to look at it. There are some uh, new rules out there um, that allow you to, to do a one-time conversion from an IRA or an individual retirement account to a health savings account. You might, so that's something that you really want to take a look at, if, especially if the, the fact pattern that typically exists is, is this. You might have a mature-aged couple. Let's say they, they have... Unfortunately, they are incurring significant amount of medical expenses. Let's say they have a $50,000 bill and they have an IRA, they have a small pension, and they have Social Security. Well, if they take, they need $50,000 out of their IRA to pay medical expenses, then they're probably going to have to take $75,000 out of their IRA to pay the medical expenses, right? And now the deductibility of your medical expenses is less because you just added 75 grand in your income subject to that 7.5% rule. So there's a special rule for that. There's that one-time conversion that says, look, take money out of that IRA, convert it to an HSA tax-free, 
and then use that money um, to pay those medical expenses. So that's something to, to look into. Finally, if you're a small business owner, we run into this a lot. A small business owner, um, they might they might ha- typically does not have any employees or might have one employee that is your spouse. You might want to look into what's something called a Section 105 plan. And what a 105 plan allows is for a business to reimburse its employees for their out-of-pocket medical expenses and take it as a business deduction. So that's something it's governed by Section 105 of the Internal Revenue Code. This strategy warrants a, um, a whole separate podcast, but I would be remiss if I didn't put that on as my one of my handful of strategies to offset the situation where you have a ton of medical expenses and you're not able to deduct it. That excellent, excellent, and probably with with this and anything else, you know, going back maybe ten minutes on this one, we had mentioned kind of a a large bullet point, if we will, is just keep very, very detailed records because without records, you kind of have nothing if, for lack of better terms, right? So on that note, go keep those records. If you don't have them, find them. Um, and you can't say the dog ate it or the, uh, what's the old thing? The, uh, the, the city or the town courthouse burned down, which was the big thing in what, like the 1800s when all the records were lost. Can't say that anymore. Everything's digital. Save it somewhere. So on that note, Thank you, everybody, again, for joining us on this one. This is a little bit more of a specific topic, but obviously with a, a broad scope with under, or I should say under that topic specifically. Um, but obviously those questions, shoot them over to us. If we're not the best person to answer them, we absolutely have partners that we work with day in and day out who can obviously help us with this as well. And I know we had a lot of fun on the podcast, had some chuckles, but in all seriousness, legally and ethically reducing the tax you pay in your lifetime, our goal is to help the teaching tax flow community make, you know, your medical expenses are inevitable. They're not fun to incur, sometimes figuratively and literally, you know, especially if you're getting, (laughs) getting a procedure done, we want to make those at least tax deductible for you. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for that. And we mentioned strategies. They're not loopholes in a bad way. They're strategies which are obviously put in place by Congress and enforced by the IRS and accepted by the IRS. So what were recommendations? I know, Chris, you mentioned that really good one, too, about bundling things together. Um, Obviously, that's part of a strategy and up to the individual themselves. So until next time, we will see everybody next week. Thanks for hanging in there with us today on this episode here. We're one episode away from turning one year old. Exciting times here on the podcast. But again, in all seriousness, we did have a great time doing this show. Heck, we even got to bring up the proverbial beer truck example again, which obviously me and Chris love doing. We've tried, or I should say we try as much as we can to bring the little guy into the show. So glad we could here. Glad it was actually relevant. But as we mentioned, keep those records the best you can. So whether you really even need them at the end of the year or not, it's always good to have them because it is much easier to look at your records and say, eh, not as important. I really don't need them this year, but it's a lot harder when it comes down to filing your taxes to think, oh man, I really wish I would have kept those receipts, kept better records. Trust us. It's the right thing to do. So next week, again, we turn one year old. So the plans for that are we're going to do a special episode 
little bit off the cusp, very casual, but as always, just like every other one, we're gonna have a great time doing it. Almost think of it as a little bit of a celebration here as we click over the 52 week mark. And me and Chris, the plan is we're gonna go live with this likely on Facebook. So be sure wherever you consume these podcasts, be sure to subscribe, but also check us out on Facebook. If you don't already, be sure to follow our pages, like our pages, comment, share, etc. We greatly appreciate the support. Obviously, we do this show for everybody in our community. So we look forward to the one-year celebration. And to wrap it up, we'll see everybody next week. The content of this podcast does not constitute an offer of securities. Offerings can only be made through an offering memorandum, and you should carefully examine the risk factors and other information contained in the memorandum. The content provided is for educational purposes only. We encourage you to seek personalized investment advice from your financial professional. For all tax and legal advice, please consult your CPA or attorney. Investment advisory services are offered through Cabin Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Securities are offered through Cabin Securities, a registered broker-dealer.